This is John Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. Hello, hi, and how are you listeners? We're back at Old Town Orange at headquarters at HRBB. What's up, Chris? How we doing oh, today? Yeah, great. You survived the storm? You made it all right? Oh, yeah. Like Hurricane Hillary. Hurricane <laughs> Hillary. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was... What a joke. You know what? It was a slow news week, I feel like. It really was a slow news, news week. Yeah. And we, after we went through it, now some areas got hit hard, right? But not, yeah, not too hard. But we had way worse rain coming yeah. through this last yeah, winter. Yeah. yeah, no, no. The people, from what I saw in the news, was like uh, the desert and um, up in the mountains. But us is like, nah. it was nothing. I mean, yeah. the gutters weren't even full in front of my house. Were you, were you in Belfar? In, in Lakewood, Lakewood, yeah. Lakewood, yeah, because I went out to La Cresta, yeah, and I actually went swimming in in the rain. Yeah. It was cool in the afternoon. It was cool. It was just a steady, steady as all it was, yeah. all yeah. day long. Yeah. I guess a little bit of wind picked up, but not that bad. Not a little bit. It, it kind of whipped up around my backyard. Yeah, took a couple things out. My banana tree took a hit. Really? Ah, yeah. oh, that sucks. Yeah, it just it yeah. You can but, always rebuild and regrow. But I rewind. Let us introduce our guest for this show. This is episode 71. And back on the show, Mr. John Robinson. How are we doing today, bud? Good. Yeah. You I know, think. we wanted, Steve and I were talking, we were looking at all the stats of all the podcasts, yeah. and we thought there was a little anomaly that popped out. Like, you're the third most listened to podcast. I must be important to yes. somebody. Well, <laughs> we thought there might have been a glitch yeah. uh, in the system. Just gave you an extra few listens. A few thousand know, listens. A few thousand, yeah. yeah. But we're, uh, we're just playing around. Actually, you have good stuff to say that's why i wanted you to have you back on yeah most definitely because uh yeah so i mean let's just rewind here you had your dad's memorial party which was cool you and your brother did a cool thing at your dad's compound out there uh in wildemar yeah everybody um it was rad everybody that came really enjoyed themselves and uh i was glad um there was a little mixture of people from back in the old days oh in yeah. the middle times and later on when my dad was a, a lot mellower, I guess, to say. <laughs> a lot mellower. Um, but there was a lot of faces there that people hadn't seen in a long time. And, I mean, your mom came. Yeah, no, your, she was excited to go. And, and, and she's uh, seen a lot of people that she hadn't seen in a long time, you know, and that was that was good, you know. Um, uh, like I said, a lot, a lot of different people from um, – I don't know if we want to call this thing an industry, hobby, whatever the nonsense is, is you know. So, um, so yeah, it was good. The, in, the industry, the, the nonsense. Yeah, no, it was like, uh, it was like OG people, right? Correct. It was like, correct. You know, um, just like yesterday. Was it yes? No, Saturday. Saturday. Sorry, Saturday. Today's, today's Monday. Um, you know, over at Lorenzini's deal. Yeah. Same group group of people, basically. Correct. You know. Um, I mean, I saw Diana Bowder, and I haven't seen her in God, five six years. Your mom, yeah, your mom. She wasn't able to make it to your. Uh, my dad said yeah. they were out of town. Like your mom, you know, as I like I told your mom, I go, man, twice in three months, what's going on here? You know, yeah. I haven't seen your mom in a long time either. You know, so, but it's, um, you know, like we've talked before, you and I, um, all of us kids whose dads were in this thing, and we're all good friends. And all of us are still kind of, you know, together yeah. and hang out. Um, 
you know, I talked to Danny Bowder Saturday evening about what you and I talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The yeah. thing, you know, with... Well, oh, but, yeah, with, you know, I didn't get a chance. We should have we should all grabbed each other and, and talked about it, but yeah. you talked to him. That's fine. So, you know, about doing something with because of all of us that are dads have passed, like yours and yeah. mine and Danny's and, you know, the Chaporises, you know. Yeah, for sure. Peter and Nicole, and uh, they're all, all for it, you know, and... Uh, even Lee, you know, even though she's back in Indiana, um, and now, you know, I got to, I'll talk to Chucky, you know, since his dad has just passed oh, away. Oh man, there's the, the, unfortunately the list keeps growing, Correct. and it's like, you know, we need to, we need to grab these guys that are still alive that can yeah. still help us tell these stories and, and and celebrate what we've what we've done. But man, you know, it's uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, I was it put it in perspective last week. I mean, you listened to the. Did you listen to the chip? Yeah, I listened to chip yesterday. I had the drags on muted, and I listened to to the chip. Uh, oh, that's cool. That's not like a good uh, Sunday. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Um, uh, a few things I didn't know about, but it's um, there were some funny things. But one thing I was going to ask you about, he kept talking about the Rolex your dad gave him. Yeah, was that one of them phony ones that Lombardo was selling, or no? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, know there's that. a lot of stories, you know. From, yeah, that I don't. Happened. I don't think so. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it could have. I mean, I remember a couple of those fake ones that were floating around, you know. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. Um, what I was getting at is, you know, uh, we we brought it up. I mean, Chip's going to be sixty at mm-hmm. the end of the year, and that's you know only three years younger than what my when my dad was. Uh, yeah. When he passed away. Yeah, I can't believe so it. So it kind of just puts it in perspective. And just like yeah. we talk, I mean, time just, when we get our age, time just flies, you know? Because you're, you're out of our little group. You're the, I think you're the oldest. Well, I, if you I, count Chris Buter, he's, he's older. Lee's older well, Lee's than me. Oldest. Lee's oldest. Uh, Lee's, today's her birthday, as a matter of fact. She's 61. She's probably going to be pissed I said that. But okay. <laughs> um, Chucky's a year older than me. But then it's me, and then, you know, everybody else falls on the play. Yeah. Uh, Nicole is uh a year younger than me and then i think danny's two and then it's probably peter or you and yeah I'm, kinda... I'm i'm 49 okay so then peter's older than you so but yeah me, I, me and your youngest brother are the same i think age. you and edward are the same age yeah yeah so and it's greg's greg's the baby yeah <laughs> but i mean we're all pretty pretty you know close i mean even the same deal like with your dad or my dad or chaporis or bowder you know uh, LJ was the oldest one of all of them, you know, and then everybody was kind of like a year or two, you know, they just kind of filtered in place. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's um, <laughs> my little brother Saturday, we're, we're doing some stuff out at my dad's place because uh, that's just kind of our, our own stuff, you know, and hobby stuff. And he wants to learn how to do some things, you know, and he has the tools inside of him, you know, he, you know, I mean, I tell people, I don't care what you do in life. There's something in you in your when you're in the shake and bake bag being made. You know, yeah. there's something in there, and you apply that to whatever you do in life. Um, I fucking hated school. I skated through it, you know, because I had to. Um, I, I thought I was gonna build hot rods for my fucking life, you know, and that's what my dad. Um, you know, instilled in me and for whatever it's worth. And my dad used to say this, I was the prodigal son, bottom line. And, um, you know, Gary's different in a different way. He does his thing, but Edward is more like me. So now that he's gotten through being a, 
you know, a shithead when he was a kid and in trouble all the time and, and finally, you know, took him a while to grow up. He He's like, you know, I want to do this, you know, and um, I'm a shitty teacher. Uh, I teach like my dad did, and that's what he'll tell me. He goes, oh, you teach just like dad. I go, well, fuck, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, everybody that I worked for or with, whether it be my dad, there was a guy named Richard Conklin that worked for my dad for years, who actually, him and Steve Pluger had SNR race cars and built uh, a gas supercharged cars with Charlie Fenders originally, and then they went on to building funny cars. And my dad used to take make patterns for Richard to flame cut for him for his own stuff back in the late 60s, early 70s, you know. And my dad used to tell me the story where he'd come in there with a six-pack of Coors for Conklin and this pattern to flame cut, and Conklin would look at the pattern and say, this is fucked, and he'd throw it out down the driveway and make him go <laughs> redo it, you know. And... um but, you know, and I worked for LJ a lot when I was a kid in high school and stuff. And even later on in life, you know, um, he just lived over the other side of the freeway from me. And, yeah. you know, I could go over there and use his lathe or whatever if I had a question or, you know, when he was building that aluminum roadster, you know, it was me and um, Kenny Colesbeck and John and Chris over there for, I don't know, like two months every day to get this thing going so he could take it back east, you know. So... You know, all the people that I looked, learned from or worked with were all cut from the same cloth, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, that's just – and even when I worked at California Street Rods, I worked under Woody Gilmore for a while, you know. And and he's another one. I mean, all those guys were all the same, you know. And, and if you – if you when you were doing something, if you listened and paid attention and they could tell, you know, that you were into it, They'd give you the shirt off their fucking back. Yeah, for sure. You know that was their de their deal. You know, and um, so yeah, you didn't want to come across like you knew it all already. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, <laughs> they no. They chased you the hell right yeah, out. Yeah, no, of no. There. You, you'd, you'd be <laughs> fucked. So my little so so Edward, you know, he he's got it. and He wants to learn, and you know, and I try to teach him things, and you know, sometimes I give him stuff, and he's been uh, <coughs> excuse me, um. Like me, he got out, went out and got a real job in the real world. And he does this, um, I don't know, I guess he's a rod buster. You know, he does rebar type work. Yeah. And they're basically just scab shit together, you know. And he'll do stuff and um, and I'll have to, you know, call him every once in a while. It's, it's funny. Like, he's building a motorcycle, of all things. And it was a, an old Arlen Ness um, drag bike frame that a a good friend of mine it was actually a friend of mine it was a friend of my dad's had given me in some forks and stuff and you know edward's like ah you know i want to i want to partner up with you on it ah, i says listen i already had one brother that i was a partners with on a on a my 37 truck and finally it just, i just had to buy him out because i'm not a partner guy <laughs> you know i'm just i'm gonna do it my way and that's it so anyway eventually i just gave it to him and he sent it to a guy, and the guy got the rear wheel mounted on it for him and made his brake brackets and did the, made a roller out of it, you know. So then he got a motor for it to put in it and the trans, and um, he started making some parts. And he'd make parts, and, he'd, you know, and he's, he's doing okay. I mean, don't get me wrong, and he's asking me questions, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. I mean, you just get after it and start making shit. That's how I was taught. That's how Dad did it, you know. And he'll make, like, he made a part for his 
controls or something. He made like three different ones, and I kept telling him, this is fucking junk. Throw it away, you know. <laughs> well, and that's he goes, the thing is, right, you got to make some mistakes. And, well, and have somebody like yourself over his shoulder saying, hey, dude, that's, well, that's, do that again. That's how you learn. I remember being at Butera's in the later years when he was working for Harley Davidson doing R&D. And I was there one day, and he had this part that he made. I don't know if it was like a taillight or something, you know. And he goes, see this, JR? And I go, yeah, that's pretty bitch. And he goes, it's, it's junk. I go, what the fuck do you mean it's junk? It won't work. And like he told me, he says, sometimes you got to make something to get your mind going in the right direction. The part's probably going to be scrapped, but then you can, then you know where you got to go yeah. to get to the finished product. And there's a lot of truth in that. My brother, you know, like I said, he should have either made the part. He was making out of the real material. He was making out of eighth or three sixteenths plate, whatever it was. And he should have been making out of, you know, first made out of cardboard. or even got some sheet metal, some 18-gauge, and it can bend because it had a bend in it and a jog and stuff. But he could have at least laid it out. And if it didn't work, toss it, you know, and it's easier to work with. And then, and then sometimes when you're making a part, if you make it out of a smaller material, gauge material, it's easier to get there. And if you, you'll see, okay, well, this, I thought this was going to work, but it's not going to work. It's not going to bend correctly or it's not going to do whatever, you know. So, um so anyway, he's he's learning, and you know, that's cool. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, know, I mean the like you said, you got to have that desire. You got that's the hardest correct. part, right? You have the desire, correct. and then you you know you got enough people around you, you know, like you and, and everybody else that's going to kind of guide them along. You know, you got the cool setup out there. The compound's cool, yeah, man. Yeah, um, I mean that's just like that is because when when did he he built that when ninety. In the middle mid nineties, early nineties, it's cool. I mean, and it's it's set up because you have like was there one or two apartments upstairs? No, it's it's one apartment upstairs. But the way he built it, see, he got tired of paying rent for years. That was his whole deal. Yeah. So and and I don't have to tell you this because you rent a building too, just like I do. Yeah. But all you're doing is paying for the landlord to have something to to make money. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to do it because you can't break break out the you know, the nut that you need to the down payment. But he did that for years. I mean, Christ, when we were around the corner from, from your dad in Stanton, I remember walking, and that was in the late 80s, walking over and giving the, giving the, um, giving the, um, uh, the landlord a check for five grand. Yeah. You and know, that's in the late 80s. That's in the late 80s. And it's yeah. like, you gotta be shitting me, you know? And, um, so he, you know, like like your dad did too, they all rented buildings, you know, at certain points. I mean, at one point, even before that, it was probably the late 70s, um, we had a 1,800 square foot two-story house in the ghetto over there, and my dad built a 2,000 square foot two-story garage in the back, and that's where we ran the shop for really? a few years. Yeah, see, I don't think I ever, I don't, I don't think I was ever over there. No, that was... Yeah, you would have been too little because it was it was the late seventies. Because I remember your dad brought uh, a Model A two door sedan over, and I think it ended up being Ray Johnson's car, okay, the black one. Yeah, and I'll never forget they brought it over there. And when you look down the driveway, the 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 building was barn shaped, It had a gable style roof, but it went across a property, so you couldn't tell that unless you were in the next door yard. You know where my grandparents' this house was. But you look down the driveway, it looked like a regular two-car, just a regular single-stall garage. And then it went across the property, and there was a double-car garage and a slider. Well, 
the single car garages where Ralph did all the body work and then Greg painted out of there. And then the other side was the, the fab shop really? and assembly. All and then there in Hawaiian Gardens. Yeah, and then upstairs was all storage like the new places, and it had a door that opened up where, as kids, we, we'd go to the swap machine, so we'd have to toss stuff down. My dad originally was going to put like a like a winch thing or something to winch stuff up and down, but it never never got done, you know. But anyway, like I said, getting back to that Model A sedan, I remember it got brought over there, and I don't remember if Ralph chopped it or not, but I know it had a filled top when they refilled the top, and they built the firewall, because I'll never forget the firewall was in it when your dad brought it. It was made out of a fucking wheelbarrow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and they <laughs> cut it out and shit-canned it and made a firewall for it. But that was kind of one of the things. It was a firewall, and they either chopped it or... But I know they did the roof and all that stuff. Ralph did yeah. all that, you know. But that was, like I said... And that car was finished in 80? 80, Probably. Because, yeah, I mean, that's... You know, that's like what we're talking about, paying rent. That's when my parents... Because they were... My dad built the... Silver Bullet and the like the, the old house, like right? the Senador T and all that stuff over there. Yeah, over there off of Valley View and Cerritos yeah. in the little two car garage. Yeah, um, and then they bought that property over there, which there was nothing. It was just an old ranch style mm-hmm. home uh, with nothing in the back. A little little crappy little two car garage up front, but then he built the garage in the back and then um, carport in the back and then and then. It went through different variations of being enclosed and not enclosed, and yeah. so, which it's still there today. Yeah, you know, Greg's got that thing taken over. I was in there for a while. Correct. Starting starting the wheel thing up again from 2011, but um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's tough in California because you know you listen to people what people pay for rent, you know, back east, and you go, wow. Yeah, but and you go, but but hey, we got it. I don't know. I'll tell you it's, what. I've never in my life, and I live in the same area I've grew up in. When I grew up in Hawaiian Gardens, and it's a little chicken shit mile square town, and if you're standing on the corner of Carson and Pioneer, you cross the street, you're in Lakewood, you cross the street again, yeah. you're in Long Beach. So, and I live in, in, in Lakewood, you know, just a few miles. My shop is on the north end of Hawaiian Gardens, you know I mean? People ask me, where's your shop? I tell my Hawaiian Gardens, I go back home again, huh? And I go, yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know. What was Hawaiian Gardens back? What, how did you get the name Hawaiian Gardens? You know, Chris, I honestly don't know. Because it's but, a tiny little town. It's- I, I do know this much. My grandparents, my, actually my great-grandparents, lived there prior to World War II on the same street I grew up on. Wow. And um, my grandmother was the oldest of... I don't know, I think there were six or seven of them. And she had my dad when she was 16. And the youngest uncle was five. So my pop come along, he was just like another one of the brood. (laughs) And it was really funny because when I was little, there was a little house. Before my dad built a big garage, there was a little house in the back. And just like your dad had a little two-car garage that he worked out of. And my great-grandmother lived there. So when we were when we were kids, you know, we were sick. You stayed home with with grandma, you know, because my mom worked and my dad worked. And I never could understand when I was a kid, my dad would come in there when he'd come up for work, and he'd call her mom. I'm thinking it's not your mom, it's your grandmother, you know. <laughs> and as you get older, then I then I understood what the deal was. But so anyway, that's where we lived, you know. And um, but there used to be, and we lived. Hawaiian Gardens has, there's Pioneer Boulevard, Carson Street, Norwalk, Norwalk Boulevard, Boulevard yep. and then where my shop is off of Centralia, Centralia Road. And then on the on the south side is what? 
Well, like, it gets the south end of it gets, but uh, that's gets, Long Beach. It gets yeah, in like bed, Wardlow. Yeah, it, it gets yeah Wardlow's a little further down, but halfway in between there is El Dorado Estates, which is which is Long Beach. But anyway, we live we lived closer to Pioneer and Carson, but in like two or three blocks. And my dad, there used to be this, uh, Bloomfield Elementary School was up at Norwalk and Carson. And my grandma could watch my dad when he was five years old, sit on her front porch there on Violetta Street where he lived and watch my dad walk all the way to school. Wow. Because it was all fields, bean fields or something. It was, all, yeah. there was all, a lot of that stuff. Hunting, people don't realize like Huntington Beach was all agriculture back in the day. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, it was all when, we, about, when we first moved in there in 77, there was all strawberry fields across the street next. It, it was all dairy farms. And, and then they started building these communities in like the late 60s. Yeah, dairy right? farms. La Palma, Cerritos was called Dairy Valley. And I don't know if you're old enough to remember, do you remember where Cerritos Auto Square is when it was all cows, the dairy? Yeah. Well, and you'd go down the 605 freeway and, and it'd be hot outside and all this ooh. dust storm from all the cows. Over there. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, then, then you go, nor- then you go north up to 605 <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you had all the duck farms mm-hmm. and stuff along by the up in Whittier area. Correct. Um, up there by yeah, the- and you know what? If you think about it, like your, your family uh, – few generations there but you know like uh my mom's family kind of moved away for the like from la area mm-hmm. moved their way from you know closer to la and then they moved to huntington park and then they yeah. moved you moved out to my mom i think her first place she ever got when she became a nurse was right over there at tanglewood yeah right that's, that's cypress yeah in the cypress area but it was like you know um little john right they're from what uh wisconsin yeah john and, come and out Columbus. here and, 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 and Bowder, they're from from Pennsylvania. Bowder's from Pennsylvania. And Lombardo. So you had like really these guys coming out to California for for the hot rodding end of it, yeah. right? But they're all, you know, I mean that's when the suburbs were all kind of being Correct. built up, you know? Because I remember people that go, oh Cypress, yeah Cypress was like a bunch of just dairy farms and Correct. and you know chicken farmers and stuff back in the day. All the Dutchmen had all the dairy farms and all the Portuguese worked for them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like my dad said, he went to, like I did, he went to Artesia High School, which is in Lakewood. And back in the day, when he went to school in the late 50s, early 60s, like he said, you know, um, you could tell the kids that were from like Lakewood, Hawaiian Gardens, and the kids from Artesia, all the dairy kids, the Dutchmen all were from Artesia, all had money. And they all had like, like he said, 58 Impalas and 60 Pontiacs and Bonnevilles and shit like that. And they all had watson paint jobs and the chrome reverse steelies and he says and all the you could tell in the parking that all the kids were from lakewood hawaiian gardens all had hot rods and they all had black steelies you know <laughs> and he says it even got even more um split up where if you were on the other side of bloomfield and in, into cypress you know orange county there they had white steelies instead of black steelies you know like, <laughs> yeah funny. you know it just just different things and um yeah it's it's changed a lot um I started to say earlier, I never in my life thought I'd want to leave this place. I mean, we've got, for the most part, good weather and stuff, but I don't know where I'd go. I thought, you know, I have relatives that live up up uh, northwest of Portland, and I usually go up there. Yeah, you go up this, a few times a year, Yeah, I right? go in the spring for the, uh, I'd get my cousin's husband, him and I go to the swap meet for two or three days and walk through and look at stuff, and, and we used to go, um, like, Labor Day weekend. Do they do blueberries? Yeah. Because I, 
You know, after you told me that, mm-hmm. right, you told me that this year, I, I eat a lot of blueberries. So whenever I go buy them, and if it's a U.S. product, I look at it. Yeah. And I've, I've got some from up in the Oregon area. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, he quit doing it this year because of, uh, they're starting to import them from. Oh, they co- a lot come from uh, South, Mexico yeah. and Peru. Yeah. And he says, you know, they want to give them half of what it costs them to grow it. And he's got a. A creek there, so he does. Well, he has water rights, yeah. so I mean, he doesn't even have to pay for water. You know, just pay for electricity and all the chemicals. And he says, "Man, they've really gotten on him about you know stuff to make everything, you know, insecticides and whatnot to make sure they're all clean and good." And he had good berries, and he says, "I just can't afford to do it. I'm, I'm working yeah. for you know half of what it costs me to grow them." And he says, "And you don't know until the next year what you're going to get for them, you know." So, um, but yeah, he. Uh, and it's funny when his family started. They were, I remember going up there as a kid, and they had um, strawberry fields, and the blueberries was a little tiny thing, and then it really? just re- roll reverse. They don't even grow strawberries. I mean, it just well, what about back to Cyprus? That Cyprus yeah. was strawberry fields Correct. everywhere, man. Correct. And you know, like where um, where Mitsubishi was at, Yamaha, mm-hmm. and and uh, oh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. like Tilly's and all that stuff. That was all open fields. Yeah, all open fields. Because you know they still have like one of the, the longest airstrips, mili- well airstrips in military or otherwise is there at at uh, Los Alamos Air Base. Yeah, because they can land the whatever the big galaxies there, mm-hmm. and they still keep that there. So um, that was really all that was there. And I remember when they, I was a little kid when they built Mitsubishi and they built. Uh, Do you remember, um, like Yorba Linda and um, Anaheim Hills when it was all orange groves? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, yeah, because my cousins uh, live over there in Placentia by uh, is it Alta Vista Country Club, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, you know Chapman Chapman finally ends. Yeah, yeah, okay. All orange groves. Now yeah. it's all houses. Yeah, it's all houses. Orange groves all up and down there. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, going back that far. Um, I mean, it was a lot of agriculture, but it was kind of getting edged, you know, eased out like. Uh, I remember, do you remember the Japanese guy that was across the street from us that had the Tanaka? He had the, God, he was funny, man. He was he was a funny dude. He I sold, just, back in the 90s, like early 90s, he sold like 11 acres for like 10 million bucks. Oh, God. And he, he it was a crazy story. He got became good friends with my grandpa. I remember uh, <laughs> your, your mom and dad's house, the little uh, garden your grandpa had in the back oh there yeah corn and all that stuff oh yeah my grandpa had a green thumb for sure mm-hmm. he worked for the city as an arborist and um but yeah when they so when they built that back there uh you know he had that little model a i was gonna say i thought he had like a little model a coop or something yeah he had a little model a coop and he, they lived like two miles away over yeah. in stanton at a mobile home park because they when my parents bought that property my mom talked him into selling their house in, in Huntington Park and moving out there. But he would he would drive that model. That thing maybe went 25, 30 miles an hour yeah. tops. He'd drive it every morning over. And uh, they gave him a little patch of land in the back of that property. Yeah. And uh, he would he, – we used to have uh, – because I went to Holder Elementary. Mm-hmm. And we used to have field trips over there. Really? And he would he would dress – he would play the part. He would dress up in the overalls <laughs> and be like a Farmer Tino, you know? That's funny. Yeah. Now, um, but – yeah, it's uh, you know I think the whole West Coast there's a lot of hot rock culture, right? It's Bay Area, right? Yeah. And we're all struggling with the same political crap going on in the state. Yeah. It's still a big, it's I mean people go like even the conversation came up today. We were talking about hey, what, would you consider moving the shop like out Marietta Wildemar area? Yeah, but I 
but the infrastructure, I'd be here out here in Orange County the whole time, right? Yeah. Because uh, the 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 imp- my employees are out here, um, just all my vendors are out here, you know. It's so. Well, you I have to know. look at the infrastructure. I don't care where you go, whatever state, and it's just like. You know, people were moving to Oregon. Fuck, the houses up there are almost as expensive here. Same with Texas. People were oh, moving to Texas. Dude. I wouldn't move there. That's so fucking hot there. It's not even funny, you know? Well, we went up. We took that truck up to Keys and dropped it off. And, you know, he's pretty self-sufficient. Like, he's he's on a little island out there. And, yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful country out there. Beautiful. But, I mean, you know, he, yeah. he's born and raised up there. So He, he sent he, me pictures, though, this winter of his house. And, fuck, all it was is Two feet of snow. Oh yeah, you could, yeah. You could barely see where the tre- the trees were there, but they were all packed with snow. Yeah, I don't like that. It's beautiful me. up there, but it's too wet up there, man. Yeah. But you know, I think up and down the whole West Coast, there's just all there's a. I mean, there's car culture everywhere for sure. But yeah. I don't know. I think we get wrapped. That's why it's nice to. Do you ever get? Do you ever go to any? Do you ever go to shows like outside of California? Um, I, I mean, have. besides the Oregon stuff, I I have my problem is. I inherited a bad deal from my dad. I got a bunch of cars, and they're all in fucking pieces, you know. Start <laughs> so working gotta... on something and stub your toe, and it's like, I'm on to the next deal, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to put – I've been wanting to go for the last couple of years. They have this thing called the Gathering at the Rock, and it's in Bartles, Oklahoma. It's like 30 miles north of Tulsa, I guess. And I like to drive my stuff. I mean, my green pickup truck that I did – Yeah. I drove it to Austin. Yeah, you I, took your, did you did you take your dad out there? In that? I didn't or, go to my no. my dad and I actually had he we, he had more seat as much seat time I think almost as me. I mean he sat shotgun. Well, you had me. it out at our booth at Del Mar. Yeah, year. we went, but I went to Austin, Texas. Um, we went to we went to both of the last Andy's picnic, but the first last one, him and I went in in it. You know, I'd been to the Bay Area probably half a dozen times in it. I mean, I went up there one weekend for Roy's open house and turned around and come home, and the following week I went back up to Petaluma for this little swap meet, nice. you know. And, um, you know, I'd go to Bakersfield. That's that's what I built it for, my stuff, you know, to to drive places, you know. I mean, yeah, we used to. I mean, do you remember we used to go to Cypress College? They had a couple runs there. They had that turkey yeah. trot, you know, we used to go to yeah. when we were kids, and there was another one they used to do for something else, and, there's not as much of that stuff, but I don't, I don't really care too much about the stuff in town. You know, um, I like to drive. I like to see the country. There's a lot of stuff you can see, and um, and to me, I, I'd rather do it in an old car, like driving up the coast, going oh, through yeah. the central. Beautiful, oh, man. I love that drive. I gotta take yeah. Anybody that has, if you, I mean, if there's one trip you can, if if you like driving and you mm-hmm. want to see the best of California. You could do like a loop. You go from L.A., take Highway 1 all the way up to the Bay Area, then shoot across Highway 80 Mm -hmm. and go all the way, go up into Reno, and then come down 395 and hit up up the Sierras and then come all the way down. See, yeah, just come all the way down. That would be a rad, rad loop because honestly, uh, going up Highway 5 or 99, it's the most efficient. Yeah, it's, it's the most efficient. Boring. It's boring as hell. Yeah. But but the highway one unmatched. It's, it's just especially <clears throat> you get up uh, San Simeon, you get up there. Hearst Castle's yeah. at. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you could make it a two week adventure if you wanted to, right? I mean, 
you know, you got to watch a big sur area because that road ends up collapsing every, yeah. with the rains and stuff every so often. And it's only one way in, one way out. Well, but, I have an aunt and uncle that live in Crescent City. And they're, they're yeah, where's that? The Crescent City is... Crescent City is right at the Oregon border. That's like Oh, that's border. way up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of years ago, my wife and I, we haven't done it because all those COVID shit, but we would go, we'd go for nine days, you know, and like one year... We didn't go in my hot rod, you know, but we went in our other cars. But we went up to Oregon to see my cousins. We went up, and when we got up, we went up five, but then we cut across and went to um, through Wairika, I think it is. One's Eureka and one's Wairika. One's on the coast. Eureka's one's... on the coast. Wairika, okay, I so think, is. Okay, so we went through Wairika. You go through Weed, California, yeah, Wairika. Yeah. Like, if you're, like we, we just went through that when we went up to Keith's. Yeah, so anyway, we went that way because I wanted to go to as Crater Lake, I think, up there. Okay. So we, you know, we, we mapped it out, and and we get up there, and of course, they had all them fucking fires going off in Reno, so it was all down, and you couldn't see shit, you know, but we drove around there, and and what I'll do is I'll take a, an atlas with me, and I'll take two laners so you can see more more stuff, you know, and, and we went across, you know, t- from there to Eugene, and I had a guy, I wanted to get some... Um, glass for a 40 sedan that my edward and i have that we're doing and i thought well i'm already up here might as well go and visit this guy and pick up the glass instead of paying for the shipping you yeah. know and, and it was so funny because this guy goes i go down this road this road and look for mile marker thir- 35 or whatever turn left he wasn't lying you got that mile marker he turned left he went right <laughs> in his driveway you know and he oh, had really? his place out there in the middle of nowhere you know so um but on the way back i had never driven the oregon coast so we went up, like I said, went to my cousins. and Like from Port- Portland area? Yeah. Yeah. So we were up there for a couple of days at my cousins, and we smoked across and went down the Oregon coast all the way home because we had planned on visiting with my aunt and uncle and stuff, you know, and because uh, there again, it's right at the border. And then when you go down, you go through the redwoods and all that shit. So it's actually a, a really nice drive. To, you're not along the coast as much as you get further down, but, I mean, you're going through the redwoods. for. It's funny because you're driving through the redwoods for a while, and all of a sudden you get kind of – when you get out of there and you're starting to get into the, the North Bay area, it's more, um, I don't know, kind of like the grass is kind of dead, but it's got trees and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, that whole, like, that whole from Bay Area wire, East going towards yeah. Pleasanton and stuff, it's yeah. like the, it's green in the in the, in the the winter, and then it's, it's like out here. It's yeah. like brown in the summer. Yeah. But, yeah, it's fun, man. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, some of my, I mean, I've talked about it just, you know, everyone that listens to podcasts probably border hearing some of my stories, but I mean, some of my best memories are just the road trips across country. You know, and it's it's just something about like we're so distracted now with, you know, with your cell phone and oh, and, and, and the radio, and even even in like some of these cars, they didn't have radios in those things. You know, not even air. Just no, enjoy, no, no, no. enjoy the time. No, no, I put air in a stereo and everything. I got. Oh well, yeah. Well, as you got older, but it's it is cool to tune all that out and just kind of. I remember you know. coming when I went to the, like I said, I went to Texas to the Roundup with some friends of mine. And you go ten, and when you get into Texas, you can stay on ten, and you go thirty-five. I think it is north that goes into Austin, and there's like there's like a big loop around Austin. Or when you go in so far, there's a little two-laner, and I forget what highway it's called. But you go through Johnsonville, where Lyndon Johnson was from, and there's an, another town called F- Franklinsburg or something like that. I don't know. It's, But this little town, all the buildings are like they were um, 
shit like the late 1800s, early 1900s. I don't care what it is. They're all still like that. And there's like an old dealership. It was a Buick dealership, I guess, at one time. And it's just, they got some like early 50s Buicks in there, you know. And it just, but everything was like that. But, but it's just really bitching. And I remember it's springtime, you know. And when I we left to go home, I went by myself because the, the other people had some stuff to do. And I remember driving to this thing. It was springtime. You know, I had the windows. Of my, my truck had air, but I had the windows rolled down. I didn't need the, the air on. And I had satellite radio and just kind of just zoned out man looking at all the countries you're yeah, going cool. by you know and, and then the best part about it was there was i couldn't believe it the speed limit was 85 and i think trucks tractor trailers was 80 wow you know and uh so well, there's when, a lot of open land oh there there's was a lot of out there's there. a lot of a lot of that's the problem with, with being in california all of california is really cool but then you start going like you go East going for like the drive from here to Texas is so boring. It's it's long. Uh, it depends on which way you go. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I tell everybody, I go, listen, once you get north of the grapevine and east of Ontario, I'm good. You're you're out of this little hole oh, and all yeah. this shit, and you can get out there and yeah, <laughs> yeah. you get out there and drive and and I like it's, like it's, it's, like I said. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was always thrown in the truck and trailer to go, you know, the, from the time I was about 14 to go back east of the street rod nationals. Whoever was taking the truck and trailer back, I got thrown in the truck and my dad and my stepmom would fly in, you know. So I never really had gone the southern route 10. It was always 40, you know, you go through Flagstaff and all that kind of stuff. So when I went to uh, the roundup, it was the first time I'd gone to 10. And I, and I had, you know, and then even and as I got older when I was about, 18 it was me and conklin that went and then um for a couple years and then i don't know when i was 20 21 then it was gary and i that would go and we'd leave here and we'd go back east you know we'd be gone for four weeks and it'd go you'd either leave here and go up north to do something and then work your way back east and then come back or you're going east and vice versa you know and um so i got to see a lot of the country and and um that way and then when i was 16 we did a tractor trailer at my dad's place for Butera, where Butera worked out of my dad's shop. And uh, I remember um, school got out, the truck and trailer left that week. School got out on Thursday or Friday. Saturday I was on, my dad was taking me to LAX, put me on a plane to fly me back there. And that whole summer, I was back there until um, Labor Day weekend. They did the U.S. Nationals, and after that, I got put on a plane, sent home, and started school nice. the next day, you know. So that had to be yeah yeah. So I got how old were you then? Sixteen. Oh wow! On that one with the Goodyear truck, you know, I used to tell people, you know, I seen the, the United States through the windshield of a GMC tractor, you know. Yeah. But we always always got sent back there, so I always got to see you know different parts of the country. And uh, as I said, when I went to the Roundup, we went to Southern Route. I'd never done that, you know. Uh, we'd always gone forty, so I you know I could kind of gauge it, you know, if if we had no problems we could leave stanton with the truck and trailer in 16 hours it'd be in albuquerque you know and when when i was when we were driving and half the time we'd leave dude it's like i i can remember putting a motor in the dually at my dad's and break put it up on jack stands and putting it in gear and turning the carburetor screwing the carburetor up to it read about 60 65 on the speedo and let it run for a couple hours while we were putting the truck together <laughs> you know, day late and a dollar short, you know, and we'd have to just haul ass back there. And if something broke, I'd have to fix it or whatever. But 
when you know stuff was kind of going good, we'd drive eight hundred to a thousand miles a day. That's a long. That's a you know we'd get long up days. You know I had I had there again I had my atlas and I knew where we had to go and in my briefcase I had a Econo Lodge uh, little brochure and a Motel Six you know so I we're three hundred miles you know we try to do that on Sunday night after we closed up. Okay, it's this town here where they got a room. Yep, make a phone call. And back then you'd have any cell phones. No, you pulled over. Yeah, you pulled you, over and you had 20, a dime, right? A yeah. dime or twenty cents. And you'd go to the payphone and you know and make your reservation and here's where we're gonna go, you know. And yeah, that's it's, what we did. it's it, that's one thing. Uh, I'm I'm glad we grew up during that time because, I mean, now it's just I I know people that are our age that like. And you just go, hey, you know where? To, no, no, no. Just, just send me the address, and they just put it in their phone. They don't even want to think about it. Oh my! Like, kids. We used to have to kind. Of, you had to plan shit. You yeah. had to like. You had a Thomas guide, and, yeah. you know, or like you, you know. Kids today don't even know what a Thomas guide is. How to read it? I mean, my kids, I would go to send them somewhere, and I'd go to draw, draw them a map. You know, no, I don't need. I just need the address. I put it in my phone. Exactly. I yep. do that now, but man, it was like twisting my fucking arm to do it. I just, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a techie guy you know i mean as you know but you know you know the whole southland i know the whole southland but also too you could lose your phone and be like hey i gotta get to new york we could figure it I'm out sure. like, i went you know it's like these kids these days just go but like i said i know people our age that are like no 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 i don't even know it's like dude you've lived out here i don't even know where that's at just give yeah. me the address and you just go oh, man yeah it's but yeah i mean um yeah, no, there the a lot of the road trips were were, were really cool because a lot of the big shows were back east too, you know. So and then especially when stuff started to be business, right? This Correct. Is a, stuff started to be business because you're eight years older than me, right? Yeah, um, I guess I don't even know what are what are you fifty eight? Fifty six. Fifty six. Oh, okay. So you're seven years seven years older than me. Um, but as I became working age, it was the same thing. My dad's like, "Hey, what are you doing this week?" And, and it's like, "We need help here." You know, and you, you, a lot of times, you know, Pete would be on the road already. Yeah. And we would, my, I would go on again on plane with my dad and go work a car show or something, you know? So I don't know. I think I was kind of burnt out on car shows by the time, you know, because you, you always associate with working, right? I mean, it, it, my, it got to be like in the last 10 years, I'm able to do both and go and enjoy them. It but, just, it's like when we did the, the Orange Coupe, the 46, you know, um, I tell people when I was in high school, you know, we had a deadline to take that thing to Fremont. I mean, I remember we went out Palmdale somewhere with uh, Pete and Jake. You know, that they did the purple 39 convertible. And um, we had to take my dad's car, and they were shooting for the cover and stuff, you know. And it looked like it was done. There was no motor transmission or anything. It was just hung together. With glass in it, you know, and it looked like a car. We, it was a pusher, and we had to go home and tear it half apart, you know, to finish hmm. the fucking thing. And um, they either took me out of school for a week or two weeks. My stepmom went down there and checked me out, and I went to the shop every day and worked, you know, to get that thing done because that's what, that's what we did. I mean, and at that point, you know, there was a guy that and we had a Ford for it, and the guy was supposed to, you know, do the motor, and the guy just jacked everybody around, and in the end, um, Moreland had a motor that he gave my dad to use and we had to you know they had built the headers at California Street Rods for it for the Ford so we had to put this wrap motor make a new motor plate and stuff and it got sent over there for Mike Ham and he built the headers in like a day or two and come back you know and 
it was all hands on deck, you know, and, but that's how we grew up. And, but we went, you know, did that. And I can remember going back there for a nostalgia race in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was the week before the street rod nationals in Oklahoma city, you know, so we went hauled ass back there for that deal and it was over, you know, and then we went to, to Oki city and, and did the, the, nat, the street rod nationals. And that, at that time, my dad was making, you know, aluminum parts, you know, the valve covers and air cleaner and motor mounts and dash inserts and, you know, shit like that. And as you said, it was, you know, it was work. And I mean, and I always was, um, Christ, since probably I was 12 years old. Yeah. Had to go to the shop, you know, vacation time, weekends, um, spring break, Christmas, summertime. I went to the shop and was just, just a grunt. Yeah. I, I, I remember, uh, with, Pete would drive the big rig, right? And then it would, mm-hmm. when it got to a point where it was a big production, mm-hmm. that's when, you know, high school, especially summers, right? Because, I mean, I was working at the shop, but it was my dad was like, hey, we need to go here. Yeah. And then Pete would be like, hey, get on the, get on the, get on the top up there. Oh, he's like, oh, I got to – because, you know, he had those all those aluminum beams, and you had to pin them all. Mm-hmm. And you had to have someone up top and then someone down below. And it was – it took us a few hours just to set the awnings. Like nowadays, they got all the, you know, electric shit. But he'd be, he would infamous. He'd be like, hey, oh, we need a screwdriver. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then you'd have that thing. You would be all sweaty because, you know, these shows are in the summer in the, in Midwest, the Midwest. It's, muggy, it's humid, just yeah. humid and hot. And he'd come back with that screwdriver, which he didn't really need. He just needed to go around and talk to everybody, you know. But, I mean, that guy, dude, he has – I mean – Pete knew everything. That guy had stories. Yeah. My dad would tell a story. He was like, they they were, I don't even know where they were at. I want to say it was like some warehouse, like a Les Schwab or something in, up north. And some some lady just goes, she's on a forklift, and she stops. She's like, Pete? My dad's like, well, looking at him like, what the hell? And she knew him, you know? And it was just like, yeah. Well, he also was the master of, uh, you know, um, like the, hey, let me go get a, let oh, me he go was get a fucking con. Yeah, yeah. Let me go get a. Let yeah. me go get. Like he figured out how the bartering system. Like with people, he got it like, for. He would get into the Winter Nationals for for years with a box of donuts. That was his thing, right? He mm-hmm. he he made friends with people at the gate. He'd walk in there, and I remember him teaching me a lesson. He's all, Chris. If you act like you're supposed to be doing it, people will just let you go, right? Mm-hmm. I remember at SEMA, he just like you just wave and you point, like you drive, and they'd be like, <laughs> hey, you you can't, and he's all. Like give him a thumbs up and wave and then point like you're supposed to go and the shit worked. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, for him, I was yeah. with him and, and I watched it happen. Dude, there was a lot of characters in this. Whatever you want to call <laughs> a it, a lot of characters, oh, man. man. I know, and it's like, <laughs> man, if I could go back in time, if there was a such thing as podcasts like ten years ago, I would have captured more people. But that's why, like, some of these old timers. Okay, so I had a guy call me today. Uh, you know, it's funny because these guys. They'll be like, I go, they'll be telling me, oh, I got a ton of stories about your dad. And he start telling you, and it's like, hey, would you mind being on the podcast? No, 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 I don't, I don't want to be on the podcast. But let me tell you, and you, know, you almost want to hit yeah. record on your phone somehow, right? And they keep telling a story. Like I was the guy, uh, Frank, that did all the paint for my dad the last 10 years of his mm-hmm. life, right? He's like, did you know Led Zephyr was supposed to be purple? And he's going on this story about how it was supposed to be purple, and they mixed the paint up and this and that. But my dad's all... And that's like a deposit on this thing. I'm not painting this thing purple. And it was like, he's had this whole story, which I'm, I'm not going to ruin it all right now because hopefully we can get them on. But, yeah. But, you know, we talk about it, getting, like, far out on here, getting a bunch of people on. But 
It's, yeah, but some of them are, you know, like like Wore Out, for example. You know, he's just kind of, he's really just kind of mellowed out a lot, you know. And but but he'll talk your ear off about yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, he will. But so he, but they don't understand. They don't understand how important this is. Yeah. Like they don't. And I don't know if they're shy. I don't know if they, you know what it is. Um, but you know that's why it was kind of a big. It was kind of a big deal. Obviously, Chip's big name. Mm-hmm. But you know, I hadn't like if we. I've seen him at car shows over the years. I've say hi, shake his hand. Correct. Yeah. But sitting down with this long conversation, it had been since '98 since yeah. I, I I had any, you know. And I worked with the guy over there at the shop every day, you know, and saw him and and, and it. Um, but, yeah, but Chris was mitigating circumstances too when all the shit. Went oh yeah, down. yeah. You know, so, you, but you, but that's what know. I'm saying. So you know, Boyd's Boyd's went BK and everybody went their own ways and everybody's point fingers at everybody else. Yeah. And it was good for him now. Like to sit down and then just kind of like go over all that and just talk about all the positive stuff, really. And it was, uh, it was cool, yeah, uh, you know. Um, but then there's some jokers that we'll never have on because no. they'll just be on here as self promoting and like, you know, be like, nah, you know, no, you know, we won't mention any names, we'll figure it out, but yeah, no, if you know, um. It's you, when you do something or you're building cars for people or whatever, you know, and this, there again, this thing, I, you know, I don't, I still look at it. I don't like what it has turned into. No. It's, um, it, I like it, like, like we've discussed before that picture, you know, where there's your dad, Bowder, my dad, far out. Yeah. And John Conkey, you know, and they were all pals. They all, you know, they all did their own thing. And they were all pals. It's like, they're again, like when we were in Stanton around the corner from you guys, you know. Um, my ex-wife, at the time we were dating, she says, she'd asked me, she goes, well, isn't Boyd competition? And I says, no. And she kind of looked at me funny, and I says, listen, everybody has their own little niche, or whatever you want to call it. And I'm a very firm believer that, Somebody comes to you to build a car for them because there's something that you do that they like. Your dad didn't build cars like my dad did, yeah. and vice versa. And the same thing, Lombardo was just down the road in Huntington Beach. My dad, your dad didn't build cars like Lombardo did either, you know. But they were all pals. And as a matter of fact, we used to do a lot of stuff for your dad. Oh, people, you know, yeah. that people oh, didn't for know. Sure. And. Another thing people didn't realize was how, how close of friends your dad and my dad were. I mean, oh, yeah. towards the end there, you know, it's funny. Your dad would call my dad, you know, once or twice a month, and they'd be on the phone for an hour or two at a time. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the like, look, the industry's like, we can talk about certain things about the industry that you don't like, right? But it's the sheer fact that it's a double-edged industry, sword is it, is, it is it is because the industry is so big that we're it's still we're it's still a relevant conversation Correct. it's still like we're still able to talk about it and enjoy it and it's not like uh you know i i can't think of, of another parallel with like that's you know, some hobby that's just disappeared it's still there but mm-hmm. the vibe i got like at your dad's memorial and also to lorenzini's thing this weekend these are people just hanging out. There, no one's trying to kiss anybody's ass, no. and no one's trying to like, hey, I can get something from that guy. No, these are people I've known. I've known the Bowder since I was a little kid. I've known you since I was a little kid, 
right? It was like Lawrence. Fuck, I remember Greg at least come to the hot rod shop. Do you remember when he had them? Baseball jerseys made that said Hot Rods by Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How old was he? Nine, ten? Oh, no, no, no. Little younger than that. Younger you know? than that. But I remember there were those guys that the, there was the guys, and I don't know their names, but you probably do, at some of the, the shows that all they did was airbrush shirts. Whatever you yeah, wanted to put on Yeah, what happened to all that? Yeah, that was some cool shit. I mean, you know, I still have a shirt. My 46 Ford Coupe I've had since I was 17. I drove it my... The last half of my junior year and my senior year in high school. And I remember, and it was a typical deal. It had a small block Chevy with an early Ford transmission and early Ford rear end, you know, like they used to do in the old days. And them things, if you looked at them cross-eyed, they'd either break a box or break an axle and shit. And I broke, broke plenty of them, you know. My fucking dad used to just get so fucking mad at me. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> you know, and then I'm thinking to myself... Fuck, you know, my grandpa had a shed full of them, and my dad would do the same thing and break them. And one time, my grandpa went out to go sell one to a guy, and they kept pulling them out to pull the side covers off to check them, and they were all fucking junk where he broke them all, you know. <laughs> but anyway, he was, we were, um, you know, just had the typical deal um, reverse side springs, front and rear, and had a, at that time, there was no axles available, so I had an old more dropped axle, and had the stock juice brakes and steelies that my dad had made for it and whatnot, you know. And um, I'll never forget, he was getting ready to go to, I broke a transmission, and it was the Saturday night before the early times picnic. I'm 18, I'm out there fucking around with my buddies, you know, at a party or something, and I fucking knocked a tooth off of it. So we get up in the morning to go to the picnic, and um, Gary and I get in it, and I'm backing it out, and I'm going, and just praying to God that it's not going to make any noise. So you start rolling back, and all of a sudden it starts making this growling noise. I'm going, oh, fuck. Here goes my dad. So my dad was pissed. You know, we had to go to the picnic. <laughs> just drove it and let the, sh- you know, because you usually knocked a, a tooth off a low gear, you know, so you can just drive it in second high. So anyway, San Jose's coming up to the Western Street Rod Nationals, you know, and it was, I don't know, a few weeks away. So he takes it into the shop, and he decides he's going to lower the ass in some more. And... It was funny because this is when Greg and Petey Morrell all worked for my dad. And and if you know them, they're a pair of pranksters, you know, especially Greg. So <laughs> my dad wants to put – so take the rear spring out. He's putting coilovers on the back of this thing, you know. And he's got the thing sitting on the co- – no panhard bar on it. So he's got the coilovers and the torque tubes hooked to the trans so the rear and will walk one side or the other. And my dad's got his fucking head up under the rear fender, no wheels on it, and the fucking thing slid on the floor jacket, pinned his head against the drum. Oh, <laughs> fucking fender. He was pissed. <laughs> fucking Greg was just laughing with it. Because yeah, Greg knew it was going to happen, you know, yeah. and got it pushed around, you know, and, and whatnot. But the point is, they were going to San Jose. Well, I was pissed off at him, you know, because he was jumping right in my ass about something, probably because of the box deal or whatever. But so him and my stepmom went up there, you know. And they had to go to Varney's because the pitman arm was hanging down. They'd swap lanes and it'd tear the reflectors off the highway, you know. So they had to go to Varney's to heat it up and, and straight, you know, bend it and stuff, whatnot. But, and I still have it. And getting back to the, he had a t shirt, a baseball jersey, airbrushed. Because the car was black, but I always wanted to paint it maroon because when I stripped the paint, it was originally a maroon car, you know. And he had the thing, it says Fat Jack and Sons. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that um, there was the uh, air, airbrush guy. But it was airbrush, yeah, because that's what them guys did. You still have it? Yeah, I do. That's rad. So you were what, eighteen? 
I was 18, yeah, I think. Yeah, man, that's some memories, dude. Greg's probably got that shirt. Oh, I remember. It was so funny. He, I, you know, he had that little butch haircut, and he had that thing. Yeah, there was a, there was a few summers. I don't know. I think it was one of these deals where we all caught lice or some shit. And my mom was like, it "Just buzz the head." Yeah, you know. But but yeah, then Greg stuck with it, you know. But I re- I remember that that was so funny. You'd see him walking around the. the yeah, Greg. Like that. Greg. Uh, yeah, he he was funny, man. He still is funny. <laughs> I didn't post it, but I posted the the picture about the clogs. You know, I this, saw that, yeah. So he did this little. Maybe I'll post it on a reel or something. He, he did. He did like I go. Hey, why don't you do like a little dance in these clogs? And I go, Nah, nah. It didn't turn out too good. <laughs> Fucking clogs. You know, it's funny. That's what my dad used to call all the Swedes the wooden shoed wetbacks. <laughs> you know. And um, I remember one time when we'd moved over to Hawaiian Gardens. Um, remember Lars had that International Harvester Traveler or something that yeah like a. A suburban, but it was an international thing. Yeah, yeah. And over there, there was a little Mexican restaurant called Lechugas. So, oh, on wait, wait on, well, there's two Lechugas, right? The, no, the original one was, was on, on Carson. Was on Carson, and they had another one by the uh, Los Angeles Racetrack. Yeah, exactly. Later yeah, on. that was a more fancier one later. So, but the one in the gardens was the original one from you know way back in the day, like the fifties or something. So, Lars would load all the Swedes up when they'd go there for lunch. Sometimes, you know. Um, it was Carl and um, Johnny and uh, <coughs> Andy. No, I don't think Andy was there then. Uh, Larry. And they'd come over there, and they'd come over there one time. So after we got all done at lunch, they'd come over to the shop there, you know, and my dad started fucking with them, and they just laughed. Yeah, that was – yeah, there was uh... – there was a few. I mean, it was an interesting time, right? Oh During yeah. In those eighties, one of the Swedes. But it was funny. Was they like, would. They'd wear. They'd be out there working in them fucking clogs. I remember Yarmo be wet sanded in them stupid things. You yeah. know. Yeah. I, I don't know how. I mean, I guess they're comfortable. I don't know. But then again, I don't think. I don't know. People are going to catch a lot of flack, but my dad used to wear cowboy boots all the time. And, so and, did my dad. Or, right. They all worked. There was a period of time where all those guys were cowboy, wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats. Cowboy hats. And then I remember being a kid putting those things on. I mean, obviously they're too big for me, but I'm going, how do you wear this shit around? This is not comfortable. My dad used to go buy them and he'd have them custom made. And they were. F- yeah, they all like my dad. They were all into that shit. Right? Yeah, they're they were all like, into like ostrich skin, like all the yeah, exotic stuff. Exactly. And they were like four or five hundred dollar boots, you know. And my dad, because his calves were so fat, he'd take a pair of st- snips and cut get to the top of them and cut them down about two inches so he can get them up over Dude, his deal funny. and we still have i don't i don't know if you saw it or not but when you come on the property you know the where the water tower is my brother hung three pairs of my old dad's old cowboy boots oh out really there. yeah they're hanging underneath the water i don't tower. know if you noticed but greg was wearing some of my dad's cowboy boots at the party i didn't see that i saw Saturday. i saw he had the um old milwaukee, old milwaukee shirt, shirt yeah yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I remember your dad, like his hands just fucking strong. Big fucking just strong hands. Yeah, I remember didn't... my dad used to be like, God, he was that his fat checks his hands are just so he's a strong guy. I was like When my dad you know, was when a... I was a kid, I'm just like, you know, you shake your hand as you know, but like When he was a kid and they'd get in trouble, they'd put him in a patrol car by himself because they couldn't get the handcuffs around his wrist. Really? Yeah. And um but yeah, he was uh, yeah he'd fucking whack us and <laughs> flat handed and it, it, it fucking hurt. <laughs> so you know you didn't want to get smacked by. And my grandpa was the same way too. My grandpa was just taller, you know. Really? Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was he had a lot of upper body strength. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember. Uh, yeah, there was a metal guy that uh, 
I remember he shook my hand. It was, it was um, I forget, forget his name. It was my dad's friend. But he used to go, he goes, yeah, his hand. I go, Dad, his hands are real strong. And he goes, yeah. He goes, he's just, he's using tin snips all day and shears and stuff. And I'm like, really? I'm like, what's that? And I'm, you know, looking well, my, into that going, okay, I get it. Well, my dad was a, a carpenter, a wood butcher by trade. So he swatted nails for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah, before he got hurt. But that's what he, that's what he did as a profession. Yeah. And then when he got hurt, you know, he always worked on the, the hot rod stuff in the garage at home at night. And then, um, and then that's when he just started when he got hurt in the mid seventies. He, he moved into, uh, Davis's old shop over there in Cerritos off of the 91 freeway and Norwalk Boulevard, you know, and that's when he started doing stuff, I guess, professionally or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, it was still, you know, it still was more or less a hobby, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, all of them for everybody really. Correct. Right. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. So when you when did you get the job down there in the harbor? When did you decide that hey, I'm gonna get a nine to five? Um, Even though it probably was more than a nine to five. Or it was a ninety. Um, my dad had a fall, and I had a falling out. I didn't talk to my dad for five years. I got really? married and had a kid and everything, you know. Um, and uh, it was a freak deal that. I got a job down there. My ex-father-in-law was a longshoreman and worked down there, and I just kind of went and knocked on some doors, and it ended up being another friend of mine that actually had been working for my dad. He says he had gone down to this, the first place that I'd worked down there, and I went down and filled out an application. You know what I mean? I don't know nothing about that shit, you know? And the guy that was the, the foreman, his name was Rick Oliveira, and he was from Cyprus and had hot rods and stuff, and unbeknownst to me till later on i guess he called my dad and he says hey i got this application from this john robinson here do you know him he goes yeah it's my kid and um he uh just told him you know i don't know what you guys do down there i'm sure he could do it and it was relatively simple when i started down there you know i worked on the trailers or they call them chassis you know yeah. and, and they're pretty basic i mean um but you probably were there during the, a bunch. I mean, because look where, because you just retired recently, right? In the last yeah. couple of years. Last year, I, last uh, year. I got hurt down there and I had to kind of got a, had to resign, you know, yeah. medical deal. But, but uh, I mean, you went through a bunch of automation, right? I mean, down there watching. No, the, the automation really isn't. Because um, <clears throat> you put in how many years? 30 years? I was down there for 30, damn near 30 years from, nine, from 90 to, you know, 2020. Uh, you know, I got hurt in tw then to 2020. So, yeah, yeah. basically 30 years. Um it, it, um, there is one terminal down there that's fully automated, you know, and I think they probably got most of the kinks worked out of it, but, um, there's definitely a lot more, um, like they, every, the, the cranes have a lot when I, I worked on trailers originally, and then I went into the crane department after about 12 years and the older cranes that were still there when I started and they were more analog, you know, to where now they got a computer and you can go in there and go on the computer if you know how to work a computer. And I'm not that guy, you yeah. know, and it'll basically, it's like going to the dealership to have your car worked on. It'll tell you you where, where to go and look, Wow. you know, yeah. it'll troubleshoot it for you, you know, and, and the cranes have gotten where they were, you know, the cab height was oh at that time about 85 feet. And that's where the operator sits to, shit, I think they're 160 feet now. Wow. They're huge. I mean, the ships just keep well, getting it's just, bigger. It's one of the, I mean, it's one of the biggest ports in the country. It, it, yeah, the, the, 
the Los Angeles LA Harbor, I don't know if it is still today, but it was like the third largest port in the world. Wow. And it was behind Singapore. It, it, the other two were in uh, Asia. But wow. it's the largest one on the West Coast. And at one point, I mean, there's been a bunch of shit going on now, but at one point, there was more cargo going through LA, Long Beach Harbor than there was the whole rest of the West Coast combined. Wow. Yeah, I grew up in Wilmington. Uh, okay. So my, a lot of my family were longshoremen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, there was a lot of work there all yeah. through my childhood. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. It, You know, it, it's funny. When I started down there, like I said, I started working on the trailers, and they're they're pretty basic. I mean, we, you know, we, there was a guy that changed the tires, so he didn't have to do it. But I have busted split ring tires down. We had to do that, oh, split wow. rims, you know. Um you know, the wiring system is like seven wires, and it's pretty basic, you know, and, it, you know, put mud flaps on them, fix the lights that tear up and whatnot. The only thing that was kind of more dangerous you had to watch out was if you had to work on the – because they have air brakes. they got a big spring in the brake can. So from stacking them up, or they have like a diaphragm that goes in these clamps, and they get all bent up, and you have to get in there and change the diaphragm and clean them or whatnot. But you had to put a – a locking bolt on there to suck that spring back because otherwise that thing comes off and it'll tear your head off, you know? Jeez. So that, I did that, like I said, for a while. And then I also did container repair, which I actually like better because it was welding, you know, which that's more what I do is, you know, weld and fabricate, you yeah. know, what I did at my dad's. So, and it was kind of cool because me and, and the guy that became a real good friend of mine, we were down in the North 40 away from all the other idiots, you know, and you didn't have guys coming with their tractors trying to get tra a trailer or whatever, you know, and I did that for a long time. And then when I got laid off there and went to the other company that I worked, I worked there for 28, 27, 28 years and um, kind of did the same thing, you know, but we, we did them in a, in a bay, in a building. And then um, I went to, um, would go out on loan to the crane department you know when we would change wire ropes or cables you know and i kind of liked it because it was different every day I, I don't i don't do my, i can't do the same thing over and over and over again it's too monotonous for me and i go stir crazy yeah and i got out there and it was kind of a uh uh an, an interesting experience because you know you're like i said the cab height start out at like 85 and i th feet above the ground and i think now they're you know like i said i'm lying 150 160 feet wow. and you're higher than that working on all this shit so did you have a fear of heights going into it or no not or you not didn't too, know you did until you got up there not <laughs> too much but when you what i had a problem with was when you're in the cab and you're above ground eh, and think nothing of it when you slide out over the water is another story you know <laughs> so for the longest time i'd have to cite catalina to kind of get but after after you've been out there a while it's you know, I mean, they got handrails everywhere. You'd have to, you'd almost have to jump over to get hurt. You know, you yeah. just, and you always work with another person. So there's always two of you, you know, and um, they'd give us safety harnesses and tethers and nine times out of 10, I wouldn't wear them, you know, cause they, they're more of a hindrance, but you just have to be real careful. But, um, but it was, it was cool, you know, but you know, I mean, there's times I'd have to hang off the side of the crane and stick weld some shit back on and, oh, wow. You know, you just, but you, it was just part of the game, the deal, you know, and, uh, uh, and that's kind of part of the reason I'm beat up like I am. I mean, it's just like when I worked for my dad as a kid, you know, um, they have the saying young and dumb and full of cum. Well, that was me, you know, <laughs> you don't ask for help. You just go and do it. And, yeah. you know, and, 
and then now you know I got issues with my neck and my lower back and sciatic nerve problems and junk knees so you know from climbing around on shit you yeah. know I'm doing stuff like you do when you're young working working hard yeah well getting older and getting easier no you know? but it was real funny though when i first went to work down there i remember my dad gave me a raise one time went from eight dollars an hour to ten bucks an hour man i thought i was shitting in tall cotton got a two dollar <laughs> an hour raise and that's what he was paying me when i quit working for him and then when I got a job down there, I was a 90 percenter, which you get paid 90 percent of journeyman wage. I was making nineteen dollars and seventy four cents an oh, hour. Oh, like you fucking, thought you, yeah. And and had medical insurance, you know. Well, I think in ninety. So if you went to work in ninety, I was working at the wheel shop in ninety. Wasn't minimum was minimum wage? We talked about this before, like four fifty or five fifty or something like that. I don't know. An hour. So you, that's a lot of money. For oh someone. yeah. You're in your early twenties. Yeah, making I was twenty bucks an hour. Almost. I was like, I was twenty three. Yeah, that's crazy. I was lucky. I started down there um, at a young age, you know, versus some of the other guys, you know, because you're supposed to put in like thirty years or I don't know. I mean, I, I got to find out what I got to do for my. I don't. I'm not old enough to collect my pension, you know. Yeah. I got to wait. Um, but but there still is going to be something there, you know, and then. You know, when you're young, you know, like I said, oh, I had insurance, and you don't even need that. You need insurance when you have kids, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. you need insurance when you're our age. Now I got to pay for this shit, you know? And How old were you when you started having kids? I think my first son, I think I was 26. Okay. Yeah. 26, and um, and I think my I have three. I think my daughter, she was the last one. I think I was probably... 34 when she was born yeah i don't think i was 30 yeah, yeah. i started a little oh is that late i don't know well i got married when i was 23 dude yeah that that's good that's pretty young so well yeah it isn't it's not it just depends on an individual true you know i mean um my current wife that i have now um i think we get along a lot better and i think that's partially um Maturity. Well, you're and, still at 23. That's what I'm saying. At 23, you're still yeah. you're a kid. You haven't figured it all out. You think you figured it out. I don't know. I had a good job, so you know. <laughs> figured that part out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the funny well, thing is, you know, I thought I was going to build hot rods on my life. I mean, that's what I was. That's what I was trained to do, and that's well, you, what it was. But in. you are, and you have been. But yeah, just I, not not. It hasn't been. It, I guess it's, it hasn't been your main source of income. Yeah, no, I, 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 always, I never stopped working on stuff for myself or people in my garage. I mean, I'd go, uh, my old house, you know, I'd come home at night and walk down the driveway because my garage was in the back, and the first thing I'd do is open the garage door and let let the heat out, turn on the, the TV for the, the radio, you know, and I'd walk up the back porch, and my ex-wife had dinner on the table, and I'd eat dinner, and then I'd walk back outside, and I'd be out there till. 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, you know, whatever, you know, and that's just what I did, you know, like, and then as you get older, you know, it goes from three, four, four or five nights a week to four nights a week or three or two or, you know, and to where now, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I even built a little shop at home, but it's, sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's better to sit in the back room with the dogs and watch TV. Right. With your little French bulldogs? With my puppies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think it was cool. I mean, growing up having my dad there at the at the house, mm. you know, he was always going. He was always going. But man, when he hit the couch, he it, it was 
Yeah. I've never seen anybody fall asleep faster yeah. than that guy. It was like, if you need to talk to him, you better talk to him before he lays on that couch. Because as soon as he laid on that couch, boom. And, you know, back then, uh, my dad wasn't the, you know, best at keeping, keeping uh, care of himself. And I was thinking about that. We are talking about smoking. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot your dad smoked, too. Your dad never smoked, though, right? No. No. Um, but did you, your dad drank, though, right? Did your dad, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he drank. So my dad, uh, opposite, never drank. Uh, at least not when he was married to my mom, and but he smoked because we were talking. It was my youngest, I think. We were I th- we were somewhere and we we're like, oh, it smells like smoke. And I was like, oh shit! I go Stella. I go, I grew up. I go. Let's see. You're 14. I go. Yeah. I think I was a, at 14. I was a year away from my dad quitting smoking. Yeah. I think my dad was. He quit smoking when. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe when he when I was like fourteen or fifteen or yeah, something. But they all did it. I mean, my everyone smoked. Oh, my I mean, dad I mean, didn't, but I mean, Conklin that worked for my dad smoked. He he smoked them pale male reds that were non filters. Oh yeah, LJ what, what about yeah? LJ smoked camels. Yeah, Lombardo I mean, smoked. You little know? John smoked a camel unfiltered. Oh yeah, and he used to just have that pot of coffee. I remember that pot of coffee. When I worked for him, when I was in uh, high school, when I worked for him, one of my jobs was to make sure. There was coffee filters with coffee in it in the refrigerator, and he would, he smoked Camel non filters, drank black coffee, and ate Excedrin all fucking day long. <laughs> it's I, crazy, I'm, you man. know, and it's crazy. But and you know how? So how was Little John? Uh, how much older was he than my dad? See, my dad was a year older than your dad. My dad was sixty three when he passed away. So, yeah. um, and I think John was. Three or four years older than my dad. So John probably wasn't even seventy when he passed away. I don't maybe. Was, I don't think so. I don't think he was because he died. What like a week later? Yeah, a week after your dad. Yeah, and um, um, but yeah, I don't think he was seventy. Yeah, it couldn't have been. I mean, if you said your dad was sixty-three, yeah, John was you know let's 68. say sixty-eight, sixty-eight or nine. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't believe they've been dead 15 years. I, I mean, you know, if I heard it from one person, I heard it from, from a million people. They all said, told my dad, when you know, when your dad and John dies, the fuck, we figured you are going to be the first one to go, you know? <laughs> right. And he lived another, you know, well, shit, he's been dead. It'll be... Three uh, years? It'll be three years come October, so... Yeah, because I remember he passed away during co- the, co- the whole COVID thing. Yeah, so that's he, why he died he... in uh, uh, October of 20. Yeah. So... Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I try to, you know, that's, it's just one thing. Like, my dad's level of success and everything he did and stuff, it's like, I don't, I don't, well, I don't think I'll, I won't ever get there, nor do I want to get no. there because it's, 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 there's a whole lot going on there. But, but also, too, like, my goal is to beat him in, in longevity. So if I, yeah. at 60, trust me, huh? You don't want to have 400 employees? Like I don't want to have 400 employees. <laughs> I don't want to be all that. Uh, no, I want to keep it small. I want to have fun. But also, too, I want to make it to 64. And then I go, there yeah, you go. It's, I uh, beat you there, Dad. <laughs> there you I, I have a 1,200-square-foot building, you know? Yeah. And I could use a bigger building, but I watch my dad. All you do is store people's shit for free and you're the guy paying the rent yeah and um you know he always for the longest time he had the same people four or five people working for him for years until he went went out to the wildemar you know um 
and um, and that's okay, you know, as long as you got work for him, you know. Um, I just and my dad didn't have shit when he died. Yeah, no. pot to piss in and window to throw out of, you know. We were taking care of him, and and that's okay because if you're raised properly, that's what you do. Yeah, you just you know um, you don't stop and think about anything you just make shit happen and um but anyway um i just i'm not into that you know i um i already got you know i got three different projects on four and you're already got that shit floating around in your in your mind you know and anybody that does this will tell you yeah you go home at night and you're you're leaning in the shower with your head against the wall you know and you're like and the fucking wheels don't stop turning or you go to bed. I can be sitting there eating dinner with my wife and she's going, she knows, she goes, what are you thinking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? They look at you and go, what, you are you, what, what, what are you thinking about right yeah. now? They know exactly you're or, thinking about something. Yeah. Or if I try to go to bed at nine o'clock, I'm up at fucking two o'clock in the morning. See, that's my, my thing is I try to focus on getting good sleep, but I swear, do you know what the worst thing is? It's like, like you said, you go to bed. So I go, okay, go, I'm going to go 10 to six. Okay, yeah. sure. That yeah, sure. On paper, that's but the perfect. worst thing is you wake up at two thinking about some shit. Like I don't know if it's you need to. We need to like write shit down at night and go write notes for tomorrow so you don't think about it in the middle of the night. Because man, it's just like you know those memes where it's like me, my brain at two a.m. and it's just like this crazy yeah. shit going on, and you just go holy. <laughs> and crap. it sucks because like only like one time out of five you'll come up with something. You're like, oh yeah, now I fi- I no. just figured something out. No, 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 most time you think about bullshit. No, no. And, and you, you know what I've tried to do? I've tried to like think and go, okay, listen, am I going to sort the world's my problem or the world's problems out at 2 a.m.? Yeah. No, because guess what? If I don't go back to sleep, then, then, you're gonna be then, then my shit's going to be yeah. it's going to be harder to but tackle But you can't tomorrow. go back to sleep. I mean, that's my problem. Oh, I'll, I'll, I know. Well, I won't, I won't well, go back to sleep. That's, and then it's a challenge. Then the next thing you know, it's 6 o'clock in the morning, and you got to get up at 7, and you finally fall asleep. Oh, so, that's worse. So what I have to do is I'll turn the TV on, you know, and then it makes me go to sleep, you know. And I ain't the only one. I've talked to other people. They're the same deal, you know. And and uh, But, yeah, it's... Um, you know, and and I do basic stuff for people. I ain't doing you know wazoo shit, which I don't I don't even no. like and don't want to do. You but know? you know what? You care about it, and you want it to you want to see it happen, and you sure. want to see it, uh, you know. But yeah, oh, but also too, don't grab your phone in the middle of the night. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't look at the phone. Worst mistake. Because guess what? Then it's a two hour rabbit hole deal on Instagram, and you know. And then it's just like I have a buddy of mine that lives in Australia, and that's what he'll send me something, and it's in the fucking middle of the night because the time zone and it, is different. Oh yeah, ding! And you're like, uh, well, I put my I put my phone into sleep mode from ten to six in the morning. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, yeah, until you touch your phone at three in the morning and turn it off sleep mode, <laughs> right? Because I mean, that's what's cool. Whatever your hobby is, cars, whatever it is, there's, you know, your phone could keep you busy. It could give you burn time, or it could educate you. You gotta make yeah. that choice. Yeah. It's uh, find that balance. So yeah, so that was the guy that called today. You know, uh, he's like he called specifically just to talk to me because right now, for people listening, uh, we are in the middle of August. It's uh, thirty-one days of Boyd, right? So we're just kind of putting that every day. I, you know, we're on task to do a post. It's uh, uh, about my dad, and um, but he called and said uh, he called. He goes, hey. 
my kids last week were bugging me all week and said, Dad, you got, we got to put Instagram on your phone. Ah, he was, I'm not into that shit. No, you got to see what they're doing at Hot Rods by Boyd. You got to see it. So he, that's the guy that said, hey, I got all these cool stories. I'm like, well, you want to share them? Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, please. But but it's, I, I'm going to ruin them when I repeat them. Yeah. You know, but that was cool. That was that was really cool. That call was just specifically just to tell me, hey, good job. You know, which, hey, we're and, and that's why I appreciate you being here, man, because this is like the stuff that we need to talk about because you got a whole seven years on top of me. I was. You know, me and Gregory were screwing around doing dumb <laughs> shit. You know, I remember, uh, you know, I remember when the first Nintendo system came out and I told my dad I wanted it. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, because Gregory was always, he was four years behind me, right? So he's always like, whatever I wanted to do, he'd be right along with me. My dad's like, okay, I'll tell you what, you, you show up at like, I think it was like three or four Saturdays in a row, right? Because we were going to school. When did the Nintendo system come out? NES. 83? 84? Something like that. Right. Yeah, just after Coleco and Atari. Yeah. I don't know. So I remember I wanted it. I wanted to buy it from the best catalog. Remember Best? Yeah. <laughs> best catalog. So he's like, you come down. And I remember it was in the middle of winter California. But keep in mind, you know, we're a bunch of soft California kids. He's like, I want you to wipe all the cars out down at, outside. And we did that like three Saturdays in a row. And he paid us. And we, we saved up enough money with our birthday money to buy that that thing. <laughs> and then guess what i was stuck in my room playing uh, you know super mario for months and months but no man i wouldn't trade any of it i wouldn't trade any anybody's life at all for anything and the stuff that we went through man well you know it's the weirdest thing about it is you know um and i talk with lee about this a lot um that was normal for us yeah we didn't go on family vacations i don't think my dad ever took us to disneyland or knott's berry farm i think one time when i was five or six we went camping and the grizzly bear came out and i remember my grandparents had a brand new green coleman ice chest and my dad had it sitting out there and the grizzlies came out and got it where was this at i don't fuck i don't know he went to the mountains somewhere Somewhere around around here. here yeah we went to the mountains and it was uh my mom and my dad and myself and I think Gary. Gary so if I was five or six, Gary would have been, you know, two or three or whatever. Yeah. And the grizzly bears come and got that thing, you know, I was trying to open it. And they fucking roll it down a, a cavern and shit. My dad had a three fifty seven or something in the truck. He pulls out, going to shoot this fucking thing, you know. <laughs> so, um, and like I said, it was a brand new Coleman ice chest my grandparents bought. This thing was I had fucking claw marks on it. And oh, shit, we brought shit. it back from the bear. So they finally got it open and ate all the eggs and all that shit. So that was the only time we'd ever went on a vacation. Really? Yeah, you know, I got involved with, remember Indian Guides? There yeah. Indian Guides? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So my dad, we, we, we did the Indian Guide thing, and I remember camping out somewhere. You know, I don't even remember where it was at. Almost it could have been El Dorado Park or some shit. Right? Yeah, because they do and, do that there. And, and the wind was blowing, and... And I remember uh, the the we were all in this tent, and my dad uh, the the tent collapsed, and the guys, hey, you got to get out of there, got to get my dad. So leave us the hell alone. We're sleeping, you know. We're, we're, he didn't give a shit about that. But we had some. We went uh, up to uh, one of the camps up in not Idlewild, but up in the San Bernardino Mountains. Mm-hmm. And well, my mom, you know, my dad was one of those guys where my mom would pro- my mom would plan everything and yeah. go, hey Boyd, you got to be here. So my cousins went. And it was this Indian guides camp. We get all the way up to this thing, and my mom didn't. My mom didn't know, like, or she didn't tell him, or he didn't listen. 
we need to bring our own food for the weekend. <laughs> so my dad goes like this. He tells my cousin, hey, we'll be back. He said, him and him, <clears throat> they come back with just two, two or three buckets of fried chicken and some other bullshit snacks or something. That's what we ate the whole weekend. Because it was funny because my dad got all pissed off. He goes, all these other people are eating all their food. And so he goes, I didn't know we needed to to do all that. But, yeah, no, it was it was cool. Yeah, my dad, I mean, it was the same thing. Our, our, we weren't, it, like, my mom was on the podcast a few weeks ago with Greg, and our big family trip to England, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, it was around the, a hot rod event. Correct. Right? So my mom was like, well, cool. My mom planned this thing for like a year, it seemed like, and but it was around a hot rod event. All of our little road trips around hot rod events, but you know it was it was cool. I don't I never thought anything other anything of it. I mean that was just what we did. Like we talk about Father's Day. Where were you every Father's Day? Correct. We were all there. Was there ever a question of what you were doing on Father's Day? No, no, never a question. Mm-mm. Like it was like you'd almost be something wrong with you if you're like, wait, where are you going? No, yeah. no, it's Father's Day. Where are you? No, we're going to be in Pomona. Yeah, no, we we did it. You know, as like I said, you know. Um, you know, as I got older, you know, my teens, you know, we'd go to the Street Rod Nationals every year. Yeah. And I got thrown in the truck. That was my, you know, trip. But like I said, we didn't do any kind of family vacations or anything like that. Yeah. And the same thing, you know. I get people, I'm still amazed, and I mean really amazed, at the impact that that Orange 46 race car thing my dad built yeah. still has to this day. I mean, I just, I don't understand it i don't comprehend it well and because that was just what we did and i have a like it's like i was saying earlier because what year was that built that was built like in 84 85 and i have a real hard time being on the outside looking in yeah because that was normal for us that's not normal for most people and i mean i don't know what normal is and i don't think i want to be any part of it you know um so that was really that really still blows my mind, you know, that people still talk about that thing. Well, I mean, but yeah, I think it was I mean, just a time. You it know? was a time, and you guys were like you were there. You were the, the going like it was. You were consistent. Yeah. You know, just like at at the at the um, Father's Day show, the Roacher show, we always had that same spot mm-hmm. every year. You guys always had your same spot. It was kind of like people look forward to that and counted on that stuff. It was the same know? thing when we used to go to the Labor Day cruise. It was the same deal. We always right? had the corner. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I honestly think that, I think, you know, you, you bring it up and made me think about it here as like a family vacation that wasn't involving hot rod stuff or car stuff um, because that would be the thing is my mom would be like very supportive of the business, but she'd be like, oh, you got to go, you know, like uh, when my dad started doing the car for a Butch Martino. Mm-hmm. Oh, I my mom wanted to go to New York and go to Connecticut and stuff like that, right? So that would be, you know, let's okay, let's go, you know. Um, but I think it wasn't until I was in high school or out of high school when we went to Hawaii. Hmm. No, I think we went to Hawaii when I was <clears throat> younger. I was younger and it wasn't car related. That was a one time. But then after that, like, it was always it was always somehow car related. But I did I didn't think it. I don't know. Didn't think anything different of it, right? It's just what you did. Well, that's what we did. I mean, I, and, we and were on bo- the Boyd ride. And you I, know, yeah. we were on the Boyd's Wild Ride, man. I didn't, uh, you know, I don't follow sports. I don't play sports. You know, I actually no. suck at sports, and I, I didn't want to do anything. I mean, I wanted to go, you know, there again, like I said, I thought I was being, bre- you know, groomed or whatever you want to call it to build fucking hot rods, and, you know, and, and that's what I did. 
and um, you know, I mean, before when I was in high school, you know, I worked for my dad, and then I ended up working for a friend. He's at a machine shop, and I used to, you know, get out of school. I'd ride my bicycle up to Artesia Boulevard, you know, it's a couple of miles away, and I'd go clean the machine shop up, you know, get inside the machines and clean. I did that for a couple of years, and till I was about 16 and then I then at that because my dad would still make me go work on the weekends and stuff at the shop and then after that you know I just worked in the shop all the time you know when it was especially when it was at that time it was in Hawaiian Gardens you know yeah and it was funny because my senior year in high school we had um you had to have you know so many credits you know which they still have today but they had a class called careers and I'd go Mondays, I'd have to stay after lunch and go to this class, and then I'd go to the shop and work. And the guy that was the teacher at that time, Hoffman was kind of the shop manager or whatever, and he'd have to come and see him every quarter to see how my performance was to get a grade. You know, okay. you didn't get a grade, a letter grade, you got credit, you know. Yeah. So I'd go, you know, at lunchtime, I went to the shop and worked, you know, for half a day, you know, every day, you know, until it was time. To, I mean, everybody else would be going home, and we'd still be yeah. there working, you That's know. That's cool. So, well, that's you know, something these days. I mean, shop class and yeah, woodworking no. class, and they're just not teaching kids young enough right now, man. Mm-hmm. In any of the trades, no. Uh, it's yeah, I don't know. It's different right now. It's a different, different, different thing. Well, but we grew up around that thing. I mean, I just knew that when I, there was an opera, when I became of working age, where my dad's like, "Hey, we need help." He it was more like, right? They yeah. needed needed help at the shop and. I learned how to, you know, do different stuff at the shop. One so, time I was talking to my brother Gary, and we were talking about it, and he says, we were indentured servants. <laughs> I says, what the fuck's an indentured servant? And then when he told me about it, I go, yeah, that pretty much explains what we right. were. Well, but we were you know, free labor. But also, too, so <laughs> it's like the SoCal car culture thing, right? It's just growing up w- with the people we grew up with. But think about it. If we, gr- if we grew up on a farm in the okay, Midwest... Yeah. We'd be working from a younger age, right? You're, you know, and that's that, that's just, you know, um, I don't know. I got a lot of respect for people that do that stuff, and you know, they mm-hmm. got they they come up and they're younger kids learning how to work. Now kids don't learn how to work. Kids just like, I well, my parents are going to spend a bunch of money on a degree, and then when I when I get that diploma, I'm going to come out making a bunch of money, right? Yeah, that's how it works. Well, my favorite is all these idiots that went to school and they they expect the government to pay their fucking student loan back. It's not my fault that that you didn't well, do some research and learn something that you know. Hey, what what's out there in the job field? Find something that you like or whatever. And, but that goes both ways. If they if if you're gonna pay for trade schools and you're gonna yeah. pay for then pay for everybody. Correct. Right. So not just the people that decided to go to a four year university or college. Right. Pay for the people that but decided it, to go to welding school or and, electrician and the, school or the four year college education isn't for everybody though. No, it's not and, because and we're I mean, all made differently. For sure. the The problem is that they just force kids into college. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've seen that I think, firsthand. I think I think Greg's Greg's like because Greg graduated in '96. And they still had a full-on auto shop at Los Alamitos High School. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I don't even know if you can you find it. it can you find a school? No, no. I was just thinking about because I watch a lot, of, a lot of like local TV while I'm in the background while I'm working, and in the last like five, ten years, there used to be a lot of like trade school commercials on during the day, just like 
kind of random, oh. you know. No, there's none. Hey, it's what was the one, what was the one growing up in the seventies and eighties? Technical UTI, not UTI, not UTI. It was a that's technic- urinary tract infection. Yeah. By the way, but <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, but what's the one? Um, it was some kind of a technical thing. I yeah, but it was like a, a electronics thing. It yeah. was like a big thing. They put a lot of money in advertising. Mm. God, what was the name? They had Dutson Trucking too. They supported a lot of Debbie it. Dutson. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, that that's a respectable career that I think people go. Oh, well, uh, they're going to be driving themselves soon. Nah, 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 <laughs> no, nah. That's uh, no. Jetsons. Yeah, they, nah, they it's not. It yeah, yeah. Crazy. You know, you know yeah. when when the the biggest guy making uh, electric cars, Elon Musk, tells you we don't have the infrastructure yeah. to fucking plug well, all this shit yeah. in, or when they're having these flex alert things and they're telling you. Don't plug your electric car in tonight because we can't. It'll oh, yeah. fuck up the grid. Well, how are you gonna get to work tomorrow? Remember that it was last. It was last year. They go, Gavin Newsom just signed a thing by twenty thirty five. No new gas motors vehicles will be sold in California. Yeah. And then like four <laughs> days later, hey, by the way, can you guys not plug your cars in tonight because we need to save the grid? It's like God, yeah. you're so stupid. It's like. You Most know, politicians are fucking idiots. Well, and you know what, too? The funny, like, the memes that go around, it's like, hey, in 2023, there's going to be flying cars. And it's all actually in 2023. Hey, mom, I cut off my penis. I'm a girl now. It's like, yeah. what? Fucking <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so wack. You know, I, I look at it this way. The electric car thing, I mean, they've gone by leaps and bounds. Yeah. And it should be your choice. I mean, if you think about it, when the automobile industry started in the teens and 20s, they had electric oh, cars. Oh, yeah, no, that's what... They people... had steam-powered cars, you know, but it just, the uh, technology just wasn't there. They have technology now, but the thing is, like, when I was working down the harbor, the, the guy that was a foreman looked at to buy a Tesla. He was going to go buy a brand new one. But then he started looking at it, and he goes, well, fuck, it depreciates this much the, fir- this much the first year. They, they just drop because, of, because you got to buy a goddamn battery for them, well, and it's not cheap. And you know what? We've, we, we can, and, and, and they are continually producing very efficient, clean, Correct. cleaner, Correct. Uh, gas-burning car. I think there needs to be a balance. You know, um, and you know, people go, well, I, I'm tired of the oil industry and this stuff. It's like, all you're doing is ex and it's like this climate change environment thing. All you're doing is exporting all your pollution to another country. Correct. That's all you're doing. There's some, all of the third world countries. And what do they think that the, the airstream only stays right there, that it doesn't blow it around this whole blue globe oh, yeah. that we live on. They, they, they've already said that's all like, your fucking liberal idiots. Yeah, exactly. And they said that, you know what? Uh, no offense, Steve. Be careful over there. Sorry, sorry. Steve's a little liberal guy. I dude, I'm not. I, you know, I'm but, not. But, I'm not oh. really f- a lot politically stuff. I don't follow a lot because I don't understand a lot of it, and they're well, all fucking I liars it for anywhere, you, my friend. And, and but I know enough. But I for me too. So. But I, I know it for Steve too. That most of these people are just fucked. They're out there yeah, for their own selves. It, there's a balance, man. You can't go one way or the other because it's then you uh, got you this know, like idiot that's that's got fucking got Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever oh, for president, it's and it's like the best one I saw was the other day. Some lady, and I don't follow anything. I just get a little bit of stuff on my phone, you know, like a Yahoo News. And this poor lady was over there in Hawaii where they had all that shit burned up. She's like, we're sending all this money to fucking Ukraine? And we need the money here? 700 bucks, dude. 700. They got 700 bucks, John. Come on. Fuck. I mean, this is crazy, dude. Hey. And that's a civil war that's going on. Let them fuckers fight their own deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's all money laundering. Oh, I know. I'm sure it's all. It's all a race to get to the top. Uh, and it's a battle to get to the top. It's a protected thing. I mean, 
How about Look, this bitch and vice president for the first year you heard about her? And when was the last time you heard anything about her? No, she's not. No. You know? It, yeah. I mean, hey, listen, it's, uh, yeah, man, it, it's, 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 it's terrible. It's crazy, man. America first, America first, America first. And then everybody else second. Yeah, we have enough problems here. I had an old guy. I don't know. Norm's been dead probably 15 years or better that I used to work on his stuff. And, you know, he'd been in the Korean War and stuff, you know, and whatnot. And he used to tell me, because, you know, that that's the time I was working out of my garage at home. And he, so he knew all my kids. And he says, you know, I feel sorry for this world your kids are going to grow up in. And I thought. And how long ago was he saying this? This is 15, 16, 17 yeah. years ago. And I'm thinking, oh, it ain't really that bad. But you know what? <laughs> he was so right. It's not even funny. Yeah. No, man. Uh... I mean, you know, these people, they're going in to run for office or whatever, but they're all for themselves. Uh, they're supposed to be for you and I, the people. We pay their salary. No, nah, man, it's crazy. No, nah, and it's crazy because, uh, well, no, nah, man, I can, I can, I could turn this into a real political oh, yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah. podcast here. But, man, um, I, I'm glad I'm, you know, I never thought of myself, I, I didn't really thought of myself as a very conservative person. Uh, but I mean, I either. But then again, as I get older, and then, you know, just, look, they say, there's a saying, and I don't know who came up with it, but they say, listen, if you're, if you're not a liberal when you're, when you're younger, it's because you don't have a heart. But if you're not a conservative when you're older, it's because you don't have a brain. Yeah. Right? And it's just kind of like, it's, it's, the pendulum swings back and forth, and it's just, it's just, uh, right now, man, it's just like, look, America first. I don't give a shit about trans stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. If you're gay, whatever, who cares? Yeah. It's like, let's protect our country. Let's look, China's going to eat our lunch. Correct. You know, they, like, you know, the, we're, we're over here fighting over, uh, you know, uh, what your sexual identity is and your gendered identity is. And they're over there teaching their kids like advanced math and, Correct. and, and trades and, and stuff like that. And, and you know, we can also too, like the pollution thing, we can make, everybody can be driving an electric car here. Uh, and in, in 10 years, guess what? China's still going to be pumping out way more pollution than any other developed nation combined. So, you it's, know, it's uh, it's like you talk about Saturday and the people that were there with us, you know, at Lorenzini's deal. Yeah. Eric Vaughn and I were talking. Yeah. And like Eric said, he says in the 50s, and they live up there in the foothills. Yeah, Monrovia. The, Monrovia, yeah, yeah. Pasadena. Like he said, in the 50s and 60s, he said, man, the pollution was terrible. Oh, it was. He told dude. me, he says, Irwindale drag strip was right up there. And he says, man, oh. I can remember being at Irwindale and turning around and looking at the foothills. You couldn't even see it because the, the pollution was so heavy. Well, you remember being a kid in the 70s and, and 80s, and, and you would go play outside, and you would get this wheezing in Correct. your chest. And it would be just it's smog alerts and stuff. Correct. It's way better now. Sure it is. It's way better well, because so, all because all the industry went to China, but but that's the, no, but they've they've you know the no, car, they, the cars it, things they've you know they've cleaned, they've cleaned them clean, up and they still burning. make horsepower. You know, I mean, oh, look at it's crazy. Look what at they the, can pull. the deal with these Dodges that they're doing, or or even the Camaros and the Mustangs and stuff. They they make plenty of horsepower Dude, and mean, they all burn clean. I mean, if you know the average, you go. I don't even know what a Honda Civic now, but I mean, I I would assume a base model Honda Civic's put on 160, 170 horsepower. Yeah. Right. And a base model. And it's like, uh, you know, and, and it's super efficient, cleaner burning. And that's yeah, that's a whole nother topic of conversation is about motor swapping and old cars like 
It's like you can't wait, wait, wait. We can't put a, a newer LS motor in an older car and make it more efficient because of California laws, but you can still drive that older car. Yeah. Well, you, you can. Know? You'd have to jump through a bunch of hoops, but you're you absolutely jump right. Jump through a bunch of hoops and or spend a bunch of money, right? Correct. So they have that 50 state legal motor now, crate motor, LS. But what's that thing? What what's it 10, 12 oh, grand? I don't even know. Like the average dude that's just, you know, I mean, wouldn't you want to see like some old square body Chevy truck, wouldn't you wouldn't you want to see some guy take that motor out? Right? The average guy that wants to enjoy that and put a more efficient motor in Correct. and just say, "Hey, here, pay your pay your tax on it and drive the shit out of it." I don't know, man. We'll get there, John. One podcast at a time. Yeah, I don't know. One po- <laughs> As long as I can go go to my little cave, I'm fine. Yeah, man. We'll we'll solve the world's problems, but yeah, but you know, well, I appreciate you coming out, man. This was cool. We got to do this every once in a while. Not a problem. Because, uh, yeah, we got to. We still got to hammer on some of these old dudes. Yeah, but they, like you said, a lot of you got to understand though. A lot of them are set in their ways too, man. And, no, I get it. And they get older, and you know, I mean, this is. I and I, I get it. It's a little awkward for them, but but like I said, if if we were, they'll talk your ear off Correct. at a party, and right. all I all I want to do is tell them, hey, listen. I don't care what you think about me or podcasts or anything like this. Just we want to document this stuff. It's Correct. not. It's 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 like these stories are important, and these people will say like, "My dad, your dad was important." Correct. You know, all these people we mentioned that have passed, they're all important. And there's only a certain handful of people that have these really cool stories Correct. and can tell this stuff. You know, and we're doing our best. Well, as like I told you, you know, I'm a, as as. Just as my dad has passed away and like yeah. your dad's and everything, that it's very important for me that we all, the kids, yeah. all kind of band together. It's it's like a like I say, it's like a special I don't know if it's a special group or what it is or whatever you want to call it, you know, but you know, we all there again, like you said, you and Greg are a little bit younger than me, you know, but we cross paths a little bit, you know. I didn't really cross, you know, Danny Bowder, I crossed paths with him, yeah. you know. I know Danny really well. And his, his brother Bradley, he's yeah. like eight years old. I don't really know Bradley, yeah. you know. Well, and, Brad's actually the youngest, and I think about it, right? He's yeah. younger than Greg. And it was the same deal with, like, Peter and Nicole, you know. We all knew each other. But we never interacted, not till, you know, the last few years as yeah. we've gotten older. And we've actually gotten pretty close, you know. And, and uh, you know, and to me, like I said, I think it's – it needs to be because it's yeah. a group that well we not anybody can belong to yeah for sure you for know. sure no man it's 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 been fun man because you know like we, we both we both have kids but my kids are definitely aren't into this stuff no. i mean they 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 get a kick out of like you know um some of the stories or seeing seeing their papa on tv you sure. know but because my my oldest was only three and a half when my when my dad passed away and my youngest wasn't even born really yeah, my youngest was, uh, I think Ellen was pregnant. Let's see. No. No, yeah, Ellen wasn't even pregnant with Stella when, when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so they, the only, the cool thing is we got the TV show. So yeah. maybe that's not, for better or for worse, maybe that's not the best representation of uh, uh, of my dad at times, but it, maybe it is. Uh you know, but that's something they could watch, and that's something that their kids can watch, and and maybe even if they get really bored and uh, 
have trouble going to sleep at night, maybe they can listen to some of these podcasts, <laughs> you know? But yeah, I mean, and you know what too, they're kids and they're young and they're teenagers and maybe they don't appreciate it now, but like me, I mean, I was living in the moment, right? And that's why we're doing this stuff. Now all of a sudden I'm like really appreciative of it. And then especially when my dad passed away, it's like, Correct. oh shit, now I got to, for the last 15 years, I'm going, I don't have that dude to call anymore. Like, you know, my, he was my last three, four years of, of my life. Well, I worked with them. Uh, I mean, we were, you know, when uh, I, I'll call it the American racing years from like 2006 till he passed 2008. I mean, I call it at an hour commute from Whittier to Rancho Dominguez. Sometimes, sometimes longer, but he was my call on the way to work mm-hmm. and he was my call on the way home. And that, that was a rough deal for, for, you don't know how many times I reach for my phone how, on the uh, get. You know how many times I reach for my phone, going fuck. Yeah, you know, and you it. just go fuck. You know, you're like ah. But you know, um, hey man, let's just keep this thing going, dude. Let's keep it going. All right, man. Well, let's wrap her up. Well, I got a couple uh, burning answers to a couple questions that came up in the podcast in uh, January first. January first of ni- oh July first of nineteen eighty eight. The California minimum wage was set at four twenty five, and didn't go up till four seventy five till nineteen ninety six. Wow! Yeah, no, crazy. I'm I'm thinking that when I worked for my dad, I think, and I was yeah, making gas five was bucks. a dollar a gallon. Oh yeah, I remember that. Hey, you five bucks, oh. five bucks on a Friday. If you had five bucks and your buddy had five bucks, oh, you're going places. Taco Bell, yeah, gas, <laughs> and maybe a forty ounce, maybe right, yeah. yeah. And then the second one is Hawaiian Garden. Uh, the town's unusual name originated uh, with a 1920s refreshment stand that had that was decorated with palm fronds and bamboo. It was then the rural area's main landmark for many years, and its nickname stuck as a small town grew up around it. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, <laughs> I, see? No, I was totally interested because I, I, you know, I've, I've seen the name. That's Hawaiian cool. Sure, sure, well, because sure, sure. you know, you think of in the 20s. I mean, w- w- when did they build the naval base at, at Seal Beach? Oh shit! I couldn't tell you. I mean, it was. It had to be. I mean, I don't know. I'm done looking stuff up. I know. We'll have to regroup, man, because there's some cool. Well, I know the naval base was there. You know, the ammunition station in Seal Beach. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. That whole. That's been there since prior to World War II. Yeah, because uh, you know, up in Turnbull Canyon, they have a Nike missile site up there, right? So, and then there's a whole uh, the whole Battle of Los Angeles stuff where there's a was there. I'm gonna get it all wrong. But it was their sub off the coast, a, a Japanese sub or something off the coast of. Uh, yeah, well, in in San Pedro, they got up there the what, what is it Point Furman up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they got the guns there, and then I don't know if there's still the silos are still along the 405 freeway. Yeah, you know, that were there forever. Yeah, I remember my mom tell it was my mom telling me she, her her dad would tell her like uh, they used to like during World War Two they have to shut the lights off and, oh, yeah. and do all that stuff. I wouldn't doubt it. Crazy man. Well, that's another podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, John, uh, thank you again for coming in. Uh, enjoy, we enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, to our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is Steve Greer with Chris Carrington. Till next time, we'll be here and we'll, uh, we'll be waiting for you guys. <laughs> Bye.